We'll turn your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 14. Jeremiah chapter 4, and verse 14. Celebrating a baptism today. So a baptism is an outward picture of an inward change. It portrays visually what cannot be seen with the eyes. The inside, the heart, the mind is what matters first of all. Jesus called it being born again. Paul wrote about it and said it's being a new creation in Christ Jesus. And it begins on the inside because, you see, sin against God begins on the inside. It's rooted in our hearts. And change must take place inside. Jeremiah 4 and verse 14. Simple verse. It says, O Jerusalem, wash the evil from your heart and be saved. How long will you harbor wicked thoughts? Talks about washing there. Jeremiah was a prophet about 600 B.C. He was prophet while the people of Judah were under siege for 11 years by the Babylonians. And uh, during his time, during that time, the people tried to change their hearts by themselves. The people of Jerusalem tried to change their outward appearance by themselves. They said, well, let's try, let's try something. Maybe God will relieve the troubles we're in. So they said, let's, let's free all our slaves. We haven't done that. We're supposed to do that. Let's free all our slaves. So they made a solemn covenant with God to free all their slaves. And even though they made that solemn covenant, they took it back after a little while. Oh, no, well, what were we thinking? We need slaves. You come back and be, you're going to be my slave again. And they rescinded that. No surprising that God, not surprising at all, that God judged them heavily. It's too easy to be satisfied with outward appearance of looking good to others. Being concerned with the physical form, with physical looks, with clothes, with hair, with all those different things. When I was in, uh, at a college track meet, that we had a sprinter on our team. He was uh, one particularly tall. He was uh, below average height, but he was pretty fast. But he was, had the wrong genetics to be a top sprinter, as it were. And in one of the races, he, he did his 100-meter dash, and he just he got blown away, something terrible. And in order to joke about it afterwards, he came back to the rest of the team, and he says, did my hair look good when I was running? You know, was it in place? Was it okay? And most of the people are outwardly good citizens. They do their work. They mind their own business. They're not obviously wicked. They're normal to all eyes. But the Bible tells us that it's the inside that God knows about. When God sent the prophet Samuel to anoint David to be king, the first one he saw was David's oldest brother. And he was tall and he was big. And God told Samuel, don't look on his outward appearance. I've rejected him. For God doesn't look on the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. God looks on the heart. Hebrews 4 verse 12 says, The Word of God is living and active. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It pierces to the vision of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and it discerns the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. And it goes on to say, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. 
everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Romans 2.16 says the day is coming when God will judge men's secrets through Jesus Christ. It's not enough to look clean on the outside. It's not enough to wash the outside. In Matthew 23, be turning there, Matthew 23 and verse 25, Jesus talked about this difference of those wanting to look good on the outside as opposed to the inside. Matthew 23 and verse 25. It says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside also will be clean. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You're like whitewashed tombs which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of dead men's bones and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Sin is rooted on the inside. Sin begins in our hearts, our minds, our thinking. Jeremiah 4.14 says, O Jerusalem, watch the evil from your heart and be saved. How long will you harbor wicked thoughts on the inside? Proverbs 4, verse 23 says, Above all else, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. You know what? Even with Adam and Eve, you know the truth? We know the outward facts, but you know the real truth? Before Eve touched that fruit, before she took a bite out of it, before she gave it to her husband, Adam, before Adam took a bite out of that fruit, you know what? Before any of that happened, they'd already sinned against God. They'd already sinned against God in their hearts. Romans 8, verse 6 says, The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. <clears throat> the sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You would turn to Matthew 15. Again, Jesus talks about the inside, that that matters first of all. First of all, that's where sin springs from. <clears throat> Matthew 15, in verse 10, Jesus called the crowd to Him and said, Listen and understand, what goes into a man's mouth does not make him unclean, but what comes out of his mouth, that is what makes him unclean. And then in verse 15, Peter said, Explain the parable to us. Are you still so dull? Jesus asked them, Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart. And these make a man unclean. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, 
murders, adulteries, sexual immoralities, thefts, false testimonies, slanders. These are what make a man unclean. But eating with unwashed hand does not make him unclean. Back in Matthew 5 in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus again talked about the heart. You've heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. Begins in the heart. Down in verse 27. You've heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. In his heart. It begins in the heart. 1 John 3.15 says, Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life. Sin begins in our heart, in our minds, and it needs to change from inside, most of all. Some people try to change their actions. Have you noticed that? Some people try to change their actions without really changing their hearts or their minds. The Pharisees of Jesus' time had their actions changed. These guys wouldn't, didn't own idols. They wouldn't bow down to idols. They didn't go to idol temples. They would have rather been put to death than to do such a thing. But as we read from Matthew, they were greedy and self-indulgent. And the Bible says greed is idolatry. Greed is idolatry. They change their outward behavior, but not the inside. They observed the Sabbath. They tithed. They went and made sacrifices in the temple. But if the inside has no love, it has no love. If the inside has no faith, it has no faith. Some people would try to change their outward behavior. You know, stop getting drunk or taking drugs. They might do that and stop it for health reasons. Or they might stop it to try and save their marriage. They might start attending church, might start giving. I'm changing, I'm changing. But if they're just changing the outward actions without the heart, it will end in failure. There are others who try to change their outward appearance. Oh, I'm getting married, so I better stop sleeping around. But inside, they're still full of selfish lust. Many think it's no sin if I only think about it. But do not act upon it. But God knows. God sees. The time is coming when God will judge men's secrets through Jesus Christ. Some people try to change their actions without changing their hearts and minds. There are some who are a little more on top of things than that who would try to change their heart and mind, but would try and change their heart and mind by their own power. They'll try to clean up their own act. In Jeremiah 2, verse 22, it says, Although you wash yourself with lye soda and use abundance of soap, the stain of your guilt is still before me, says the Sovereign Lord. Some people think, I can make up for it. I can do this on my own. But God says you cannot make up for the least of your sins. The price is too great. You're not able to atone for it with good works and your best behavior. There is no forgiveness without the shedding of blood. And your sins are forgiven through the blood of Jesus Christ by faith 
And without that, then you're, if you don't accept Christ's blood, then your own blood will be required of you. It's only paid for by the blood of the Lord Jesus on the cross. Some try to change their heart and their minds by their best efforts. I'll just try positive thinking or some psychological counseling. I'll just use my willpower to overcome anger, to overcome lust, to overcome greed, to overcome envy, to overcome being sad, to overcome depression, to overcome fear. I just, I'll try really hard. Change must come from the inside, and change must come from God working in your life. In the New Testament, the Greek word translated as repentance is a word that means a change of mind, a change of way of thinking. Ezekiel, who was a prophet about the same time as Jeremiah, talked about it in this way. You need to repent. You need to get a new heart of flesh, a new spirit, a new inside. And only God can give that. What's this new mind? What's this new way of thinking? How, how does that start? Well, it begins with faith. Begins with faith. Romans 14.23 says, Everything that does not come from faith is sin. If, it, if it's not by faith, it's sin. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, It is impossible to please God without faith. Faith in what? Faith that He is God. All-powerful over all, the Creator of all things. That His only Son is Jesus Christ who He sent to earth and lived a sinless life and took your sins in His body to the tree and paid the price in full and was raised on the third day and ascended to heaven and is at the right hand of the Father and will come again one day. And all of that is, is testified to in the Bible, God's Word, to believe that truth. To believe in Him, Jesus Christ. That's the faith that begins. And once saved, once born again, once the inside is changed by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, then what? Then what? Psalm 51 verse 10 says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Repentance calls to us to call God to change us on the inside. To see an inside change. Colossians 3 verse 1 says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts, your minds, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Romans 12 verse 2 says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Ephesians 4.22 says, Put off the old self, repentance. Put off the old self being made new in the attitude of your minds. And put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. It's about an inside change. 
Philippians 4, 6 talks about it this way. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And then the peace of God which passes all understanding will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Then the next verse says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about such things. To be changed from the inside out. What's that change from the inside out? It's faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, yes, but it's more than that. If you believe, then there's a change on the inside when it comes to love. And that's something I, you talk to anybody in the world and they'd say, yeah, I know what love is. I know how to love. But the truth is, before I was saved, uh, I had a worldly love for people. Maybe you can relate to this. A worldly love for people. I love them. Why? Because they love me. I love them. Why? Because I got along with them. They were good to me. That's a worldly love. But with Jesus in your heart, that calls for change on the inside that is a godly love, that is a sincere love, that is a real unselfish love where it has a chance to flourish. To love others, whether they're good to you or not. To love your enemies. To love people regardless of how they behave or act, but to love them because God has loved me and He wants me to love them in the same way. Now as Christians, those of you who know this truth have been changed on the inside. You know that you're still in the sinful flesh. You're still in this sinful world. That has not changed. You may have the outside looking pretty good, but if you're honest as a believer and as a Christian, you know that the biggest struggle you have, the biggest struggle, struggle I have as a Christian goes on in the mind. Goes on in the mind, in your thoughts. The anger, lust, hate, envy. What hope is there? What do you do about it? What do you do about it? First John chapter 1, you would turn there, speaks a lot about this. What do we do about it? When we see... The inside isn't completely clean by a long shot, but there's still something that needs to change there. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 says, This is the message we heard from Him and declare to you, God is light and in Him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with Him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us, cleanses us, washes us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But here it is. But if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins, and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make Him out to be a liar, and His Word has no place in our lives. It talks about being cleansed, purified, washing it. How? By not hiding it, by admitting it, by confessing it, by getting in the light and walking in the light. 
so it may be clearly seen. As we come to this time of baptism, baptism is an outward picture of an inward change. An outward picture of an inward change. It's an opportunity here for Kat to witness to what she believes and to let others know about that too. And to get this outward picture, I use three words that begin with B, the three B's. And the first one is bath, to be washed, to be washed. And Ananias said to Saul, the persecutor of the church, he said, what are you waiting for, brother Saul? Get up, be baptized, wash away your sins, calling on his name. Water can't wash away sins. It's an outward picture of an inward change. The blood of Jesus washing our sins away. 1 Peter 3.21 says, Baptism now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, not as outward washing with water, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a clean conscience through Jesus Christ. An inward change in your mind, your conscience, made right with God. Psalm 51 talks about it this way, Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Just as water cleans the body of dirt, so baptism is a symbol of Jesus' blood washing away our sins. That He's paid the price, paid it in full. We can be clean and clean on the inside because of what He did on the cross. The second B is burial. Because of sin, because of our sinful actions, yes, we do things that are wrong and evil. Because of our sinful words, yes, we say things that are bad and wicked. But because of a sinful inside, thoughts that are not pleasing to God, we are dead in sin. And a person who's dead in sin needs to be buried. And by the power of God, Raised to new life in Christ Jesus. The Bible talks about that in Romans 6, verse 3. It says, Don't you know that when you were baptized into Christ, you were baptized into His death? Therefore, you were buried with Christ through baptism into death, so that just as He was raised by the glory of the Father, you too may walk in newness of life. An inside change that leads to an outward change. The truth is there that in baptism it's an outward picture. The old person dead in sin, buried under the water, rising up out of the water to new life in Jesus Christ. I like I don't know who came up with this idea, but it's I think it's biblically true, and that is the phrase if you're born once, you will die twice, but if you are born twice, you will only die once. If you're just born once, physically, but not born again in Jesus Christ, you will die twice, both physically and spiritually forever in hell. But if you're born twice, not only physically, but born again in Jesus Christ, you will only die once physically. There's eternal life to come. So it's a picture of a bath, a washing. It's a picture of a burial. The dead person buried, rising to new life in Jesus Christ. And the third B when it comes to baptism is for bird. That's kind of strange, but listen to me. John the Baptist, when he came baptizing, as the Scripture says, he says, I baptize you with water for repentance 
but after me, one is coming who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. An inside change of the Holy Spirit living within. And John the Baptist had been told by God. He says, you're to look for a sign. You're to look for a sign. The one who you baptize, who the Holy Spirit rests upon, in the form of a dove, that's the Messiah. And when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, the Scripture says that the Holy Spirit came down on Jesus in bodily form like a dove. So what is the symbol of the bird? The dove? It's the Holy Spirit. It does not matter if you're only baptized in water. That has to do with the outside. It's an outward picture to demonstrate an inward change. What truly matters is the inside. The Holy Spirit within you? Have you believed in Jesus Christ? Have you asked Him into your heart to live in you? Then you'll be able to change from the inside out. If there's a change on the inside, what will take place? There's a change on the inside, then God will be working in you to do what? To love God with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your soul, and with all your mind. If God's working on the inside of you, be a change to, from the heart, sincerely love your neighbor as yourself. To do to others what you should have them do to you. To be able to forgive others who wrong you, even as God has forgiven your sins. To have a true desire in your, in your heart for others to be saved and come to Christ. To love your enemies. People who mistreat you and do you wrong. A real inward change from the heart. That's what God is able to do. We can't do it by our own efforts. We fail every time. But God is the one who can work a difference in a life. Are you able to say today, if I die today, I know I'll be in heaven. Not because I'm so good or so better or so religious or so whatever, or because I've been baptized or whatever it might be. Are you able to say, if I die today, I know I'd be in heaven. Not because of anything I've done or anything I can claim, but simply because I believe that Jesus paid the price in full for my sins on the cross. And I'm forgiven. And on one day when I die, His blood will cover me and I'll be righteous in the sight of the Father in heaven. Do you know that a change has taken place on the inside? That the Lord Jesus lives in you? 1 John 5, verse 12 says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. You can know that you have eternal life. How? Whoever has the Son, whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son does not have life. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank You, Lord, for Your mercy and grace, for the full forgiveness that comes through Christ, that our sins can be washed away by the blood of Christ, that the old sinful person is dead and gone, that we are new in Christ, born again, a new creation, the Holy Spirit living inside. Lord, that because of the inside change, Lord, help us to 
show the outward change too. We'll give you all the praise in Christ's name. Amen.